You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. Boy, oh boy, am I chomping at the bit to watch the All-22 to be able to get some answers, to be able to kind of refine my thoughts on a few things and see how the rookies did. Watch the offensive line in that run game to see how beautiful that was because you know there's going to be some good stuff. There's going to be some bad stuff. But I, that's the thing. I want to see who who was the one tearing it up and who were the guys kind of causing problems. I know we got PFF, but I have All-22. I just want to see it. I just want to watch it for myself. It's one thing to get a summary. You know, it's like my kid when he eats something, you, you know, it's either thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs sideways. Sometimes it's like sideways up. That's that's a, that's a nice summary. You know, 65 overall grade. All right, cool. Why? Was it because he was a consistent 65 all game? Was it because he was either a 90 or a, or a 20? I don't know. They don't really rep- provide reports on the reports. So I want to go watch it, but I can't because NFL Plus is stupid. It's funny because it, what did it used to say? Was it? Eight hours after the game, it would be ready? I think it was eight, something like that. Maybe it said 24, I don't know. They changed it to available 24 to 48 hours after the game ends. It's been three days, but I expect it to be ready today, and I'll be able to watch it, and it'll be fine. Maybe, probably. Although I think, yeah, I think, man, what was it? I think maybe last time it was 24 hours, so the next day at, like, noon, I'm hitting refresh, like, come on, 24 hours, whatever. Because I thought it was going to be, like, exactly 24. Like, obviously, they have the all 22. It's just a matter of pushing a button at noon. I was mistaken, and I didn't get it all day. And then the next morning, I was like, all right, well, it'll be ready as soon as I wake up. It still wasn't ready the next morning when I woke up. Anyways, today, um, we're going to do a little laughing at the Vikings because that was an absolute decimation of another rival. And um, it was again, it wasn't just a loss. It was, it was a brutal loss to a rival that beat us week one. And it was also a loss similar to the Bears game that kind of destroyed a lot of narratives. And the number one thing I want to say, and I said this about the Bears and I said it about the Vikings, you can't just change your scheme and suddenly be amazing at stuff. The Vikings might at some point be able to take this scheme and and go to new heights. But there's a lot of new things to learn. And by the way, again, this entire roster was built to run Mike Zimmer's offense and defense, and now we don't have that anymore. So there might be some growing pains. And then after week one, we have to hear about, even, even today, I'm hearing people talk about it like, you know, well, I mean, they, they, we saw that elite offense week one when they destroyed the Packers. But, you know, so we got some questions after week two. Excuse me, they never destroyed the Packers. I know it felt like that, but it's 23 points. That's not a lot of points in today's NFL. And when you factor in that this is supposed to be a powerhouse offense and you factor in that the the Packers' defense imploded and handed them points. 23 points is kind of pathetic. You had one wide receiver that got a bunch of yards. You didn't have a team that destroyed another team or an offense that destroyed another defense, at least in terms of points, which is what ultimately matters. If you want to talk about an offense that pushed around a defense with very little effort, yeah, okay, that sort of happened. But you scored 23 points. And the next week, you scored seven against a defense that didn't just hand you things and had a little bit of time to watch what you're going to do. So the Eagles got a chance, like, okay, this is what they run. Let's let's run our defense to, you know, do this, that, or the other, to stop, slow them down, stop them. And, and it was a disaster for the Vikings. 
But again, these narratives are so stupid. And then you get the media backing all this nonsense up that was never true to begin with. The Bears are going to be really good. The Vikings are going to be really good. Justin Fields is going to be really good. Kirk Cousins is going to win MVP. And by the way, it's not just pure bias on my side. I told you Justin Jefferson's probably the best wide receiver in football. Take a wild guess who the best wide receiver in football is. It's probably Justin Jefferson. It's not blind bias for the sake of bias. I also told you I like Kirk Cousins. I just think it's stupid to call him an MVP. And even with a good quarterback and a good wide receiver, you're going to have to explain to me why things are magically going to get better with the exact same weapons. Oh, they got a new coach, so things just overnight get better. No, they don't. So they were wrong and we were right. And, you know, I don't think it's too much to ask to have, you know, Bears and Vikings fans line up and, and just provide some kind of an apology to say we were stupid and we will never, ever question a Packers fan ever again. I'm stupid. You're smart. I was wrong. You were right. You're the best. I'm the worst. Uh, you're very good looking. I'm not attractive. All right. As long as you're willing to admit that. Anyways, this one shouldn't take as long. I don't have as many clips. We are going to start the same way with a live stream. This one's going to be a little bit different, but entertaining just for a different reason. Basically, you had two Vikings fans on a live stream with an Eagles fan, and the Eagles fan was the main host, so it's mostly him screaming and cheering awesome things. Um, It's funny because he's... (laughs) The guy's, like, so nice and so polite, and he's like, oh, yeah, you guys are going to be great. You guys are going to be fine. You know, it's no big deal. And then as soon as the Eagles make a play, he's <laughs> he's ruthless. He takes their feelings and their emotions, and he stomps them over and over and over. It's pretty glorious. But it's a lot of that guy with a little bit of the Vikings fans coming in going, hey, we're going to be okay, or whatever. I don't know. So that's what we're going to do to kind of get us warmed up. Um, for those of you that didn't see the game, this will be a brief refresher. We're going to start it off with um, early in the game, the Minnesota Vikings, I believe the score 0-0 at this point, but um, Vikings kind of don't realize that this is going to be a disaster. And um, Cousins has a pretty good play, good throw to Justin Jefferson, and that's how the Vikings fans kind of assume that this is going to go forever. The first guy talking is going to be the uh, the Vikings fan, by Just the way. going opposite, man, because I know that. We have the best wide receiver in the NFL, and it's about to show, man. Just give, just right. give it a, just give it a second. Right. You will see. Second eleven, Kirk, shotgun. He's looking to throw. He throws it wide open to 18. 18 is tackled for a good game, though. It's third and what? 18 35? is Justin Jefferson. Yes. Uh, yes. You may want to, you may want to get to know that name. Yeah, get to know him because you're gonna see a lot get of to that. Know that. I'm name. gonna say 18. Number, number 18. How about that? Look, I'm gonna say 18. I ain't gonna give him that much respect. So there you go. That's that's the trash talk right there. Obviously, I think the Vic- the Eagles must have scored because he made a comment something to the effect of, you know, we just got to settle in. So things are starting a little slow for this elite Vikings um, Vikings offense. But there you go. Justin Jefferson, get to know his name, man. Everybody wants to be just like J.J. Next play. Third and five. Third and five. Next play. Vikings on 30-yard line. Kirk Cousins in shotgun. He got four wide receivers. Kirk, he's looking. He's getting pressure. He throws it, and it's. Batted down by Darius Slay. No 18. You ain't getting no flag. No flag. Let's motherfucking go. Four five. Pop the ball. Get the hell off my field. Get off my field. Cocaine white. Let's go. Guess- <laughs> so that's that's how that goes. That's just setting up how the rest of this little uh little thing is gonna go. 
very polite conversation, and then get off my field, cocaine white Kirk Cousins. So, um, you know, but but again, just like yesterday, you hold on to the optimism because you know, once once we get it figured out, boy, it's gonna be a new game. We got we got we just gotta settle in, man. We gotta settle in, you know. Just gotta settle in. It'll be fine. It's not going to end in disaster. He's got time. He's moving up the pocket. He's climbing. He's going deep. Wide open. A good 16-yard game by Quest Watkins. God, yo, I don't say every wide receiver name for the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> I don't say A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Zach Pascal, and now a big 16-yard pickup by Quest Watkins, number 16. Um, I should probably give a little bit of a shout out. I'm not sure if I know who the Eagles guy is. Give me a second here. I just want to make sure we we do this right. So the stream that I found is from Purple Purple Pocket Podcast. That's the Vikings guy you're hearing talk more often. I'm not sure who the other guy in the background is. He didn't even put in the comments who the Eagles guy is or who the other Vikings guy is, so I don't know. I would tell you. I'm I hate using his content without pumping up his his show, but I don't know who he is. I don't even see like a logo anywhere that says what the name of his show is. So I don't know. Anyways, shall we continue? Here we go. Third and five. The Eagles seem like they are definitely bringing in more pressure. Kirk Cousins, he got time to throw. He throws it and it's batted down. Batted down by who? Who that? Who that? Is that CD Deuce? Who that? 24. <laughs> who, who 24? Bradbury. Them boys batted down. Fourth down, punt the ball. Punt the ball. Look at that. Bradbury is the number one. Who that, CD Deuce? (laughs) Oh, if you could see the look on these guys' faces. And by the way, they're behind. So they can't see what's coming. Um, The one guy's watching on his phone. I think he's about to play behind. The other guy, the, um, the old white dude in the top right corner who does not belong in this group, um, I mean, he's fine, but it just it doesn't mesh very well. <laughs> he's about two plays behind, but they have no idea what's about to happen. And then you got an Eagles fan just screaming horrible news to you over and over again. And all they can do is just sit there and try not to try not to cry, I guess. I don't know. It, I hate to say you almost have to see it because it's a podcast and, and everything. You can go to Purple Pocket Podcast and find this if you want to see their faces during some of this. But you can just imagine it. It's, it's just as good occasionally try to crack a smile, you know, like, oh, this is fine. But it's... <laughs> oh, but it's all right, man. It's all right. Just, just, you know what we need, man? Kirk, Kirk Cousins just needs to, you know, he he needs to settle down a little bit. Man. I, feel like he's, I feel like he's jittery right now. Yeah, he like, just jitters. He's, he's not really letting his plays pro- progress, and he's yeah. trying to force these balls into there, man. He needs to stop that. Yeah. I Slow mean, down. why? I mean, he got... The best wide receiver in the league, a good top five. Oh come back. on! Um, and, and he hasn't he hasn't been getting it. Doesn't it hasn't seemed like y'all been applying a lot of pressure on him the first two drives. I mean they've been quick drives, but he's I mean, one he's, more extra. He's That's had time to do. to let his plays progress, man. It's like he's not even letting him have that bailout. Usually he's pretty good about stuff like oh yeah 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 for sure, but he's feeling it right now. Not gonna let him off the hook. It's like. <laughs> Well, I thought you had the best wide receiver in the game. What happened to your your top uh, running back? But uh, you know, it's fine. Yeah, hey, we're bro. Hey, look, hey. we're starting out slow. Don't Here worry, we... man. It's early. It's early. Unfortunately, the next clip was supposed to be him saying, "Eventually, we're going to find our offense." But I forgot to post the actual 
YouTube clip. So shortly after this, the same guy says, hey, eventually we're going to find our offense and it's going to be a, a problem for you. The very next play is this. From his own 23-yard line. He's looking to throw. He throw wide open. Devontae Smith, first down, number 22. Is that Smith? Yeah. Is 22 is Smith, right? Yeah. Easy first down. Like, he's afraid of getting burnt. I mean, he went a curl route. Like, he went a, a curl route. He went one, boom, and just turn around. Like, he literally went five yards and turned around, and it was yeah. right open. So that's Harrison Smith he's talking about, getting absolutely burned, being scared of, uh, of getting beat. Uh, first and 15 hurts. He's looking to throw. Good throw. Good catch by AJ Brown for a big gain of what 12 yards? Woo! Man, yo, the Vikings are playing soft right We're now. Playing We're playing soft playing. defense, yo, boy. I like swear. Every we time damn he throw, it's like wide open. <laughs> just trying to have conversation, but every word is like salt in your eyeball, which just had surgery. So at this point in the game. Maybe you start to lower your standards. Still optimistic, but, you know, lower your standards just a touch. I will say this. I will say this. The next time the next time we get the ball, we definitely need to convert the first down. If not, <laughs> then it's going to be that type of game for us. <laughs> so we went from, we just got to find our offense, man, and, and, and it's going to be a new ball game to, tell you what, man, we, we probably should get a first down here at one of these, at one of these points in the game. Is that what happened, or is it maybe a little bit more like this? Oh, that crap. Let's back it up. Here we go. Second and eight from the Eagles on 42-yard line. Hurts. He's looking to throw. He's going deep. He got wide open. Touchdown! Woo! Quez Watkins! Quez Watkins! He's got burnt! 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 53-yard TD! Burnt! Toast! Crunk! Toast! Golly! Wide open! Man, it's about to be 38-7. Golly. <laughs> this is about to be NFC Championship game all over again. I see Eagles look this good since the last time they played the Vikings. Yes, that's it. That's the line right there. And I didn't even, I, I never thought about it. Like, you know, when, when you're not a fan of another team, like we've got horror stories that stick out in our mind. You know, when we think Eagles... We think Donovan McNabb and a certain fourth down play. You know, it it's just it's it's a part of our history that we'll never I can just say that every single fan knows exactly what I'm talking about. Maybe younger fans don't, I don't know. But like for Vikings fans, the uh playoff game against the Eagles absolutely sticks out. Every single clip, every single show I watched, they they referenced this reminded me of that. And I'm just sitting here like, I don't even I don't really remember that, but I mean I guess I do, kind of. I mean, I, I now that I now that you mentioned it, I remember they lost, but I don't. I have no idea the context of what happened. But these guys remember <laughs> very well. Dry. <laughs> it's like oh, this, yo, a, this, this is a big one. This is a big one. If he don't, if he don't, if we don't get a first down, like we ain't get a first down yet. I don't think. <laughs> yeah, nope, we haven't three and outs. But here, three and outs. They don't have a first down yet. We're uh, man, we're we're. 48 minutes into this stream, granted the game probably didn't start for a while, but not a single first down. Uh, the air gets out of the tires pretty quickly, but, you know, things can turn Let's around. Let's go. Let's go. That's how you bounce back. Go. Touchdown, uh -oh. Vikings. That's how you bounce back, Vikings. Triple gang, now we lit. Now we lit. Now let's go, defense. Hey, Rand, do the gritty. Do the gritty. Now let's go, defense. 
Nah, that was Damn. some bad defense on the Eagles. Now nah, let's go, Purple Gang. Let's go. So you got this guy who's hollering whatever he's saying. I don't remember. Um, the guy in the background, old white dude, is doing the skull chant, and then he said, I'm going to do the gritty, I think it's called. I don't know, but he's in his chair, and he's just, like, putting, like, whatever you call it, like, glasses, fingers up to his eyes um, from his chair. So it's quite a scene. It's quite a scene. They're they're pretty excited, man. It's it's this it's go time now. They've been saying we just got to find our offense. Once we find it, it's a different game. They found it. Boom! Look out! Now now you can just start trash talking like crazy. You know when you walk into when you come in when you come into Philly, man. Y'all got a tough environment, man. That first quarter always be tough because y'all boy be rowdy. But you know we hush that shit real quick. Now it's time to ball. Now y'all. I don't know about real quick, man. I mean. And we almost midway through the second quarter talking about real quick. I mean. <laughs> but again, we hushed it real quick, right? S- silence the crowd. And now we even got predictions. Now we got predictions of what's going to happen. Ready? In yard line. God. I feel a turnover you coming. That, you got a pretty good return game, huh? I, I mean, feel uh, a pick no, off fumble the, coming. You know so our Vikings friend is now predicting that interceptions are about to happen for the Vikings. Momentum is shifting. It's shifting, man. Don't let, us, hey, don't let us get that ball back and score Come another on. touchdown. You don't, you don't want seeing us pull you away. Want, you don't want none of this. You don't want none Yo, of this. what? Like, he, like. Hey, my boy he Cam Dantzler. Hey, my boy Cam Dantzler laying the hats out there tonight, man. Shout out my boy Cam. That's like his second tackle for loss. My Come boy on, is laying man. the wood. It's third and 12 right now. Third, yo, this is a big, big. Down for both teams. If Eagles pick this up, that's a big momentum shift. If the Vikings stop them, that's a big defensive stop. Hurts. There you go. Big, big, big play here. So the Vikings end up getting a penalty, 10-yard penalty, third and two. Vikings fans still feeling themselves, though. Get Kirk We We we, we heating up, man. We heating up. It's third and two. Stop it. (laughs) Third and two. But the Vikings end up doing a pretty good job. Get off the field, get the ball back. You know, it's just kind of a little bit of back and forth for a little bit. But um, 34 yard line, Kirk Cousins. He's getting pressure. He throws it and it's incomplete. Knocked down by 57. Let's go, TJ. That's what I'm talking about. Bring that heat. Well, I ain't going to lie. Get um, Dalvin Cook is looking all over the field, man. Why Dalvin Cook doing all that shit, man? Get off my field. That's what I'm talking about. Big stop now. Yo, the Eagles could actually run this clock all the way down to halftime if they just be smart about it and go in for a touchdown. Like There you go. Just run it down and get a touchdown. Sounds like a plan to me. And I think it's around this time that things begin to sort of devolve. And I'm um, Irv Smith, but, you know, it's like. But he just I mean, there was, a touchdown. There was nobody yeah. open. I mean, he, he scored your only touchdown, man. Y'all was hyping him up. Now he dropped a pass, and now y'all like, yeah, that's just, Mm-mm. you know, Smith. Nah, I ain't never, I ain't never hype up Irv Smith. Trust me. I know, <laughs> oh, I know Irv Smith hype, man. Uh-uh. That was Irv. <laughs> Irv Smith got their only touchdown. Then he has a drop, and they're trying to, trying to bash him. And the best part, the best part is when he calls him out on it, and the guy says, nope, I've never liked Irv Smith. I love it when fans give up on their own players. I thought Irv might be a factor for this new team, new offense. I mean, it's one of the new pieces, considering it wasn't here last year. 
But Vikings fans apparently have no interest in Irv Smith. So there you go. That was that was actually pretty quick. He got picked pretty early. A lot of hype about Irv Smith. Rough rookie year. Pretty solid second year. Got injured his third year, and, and Viking fans are like, no, nah, we're done with it. We're over it. Coming from a fan base that massively overhyped Kyle Rudolph and thought that he was something special, I'm kind of surprised. But then we got our uh, we got our first wager. About I At feel like, hey, look, my boy Cameron Dantzler is about to get a turnover, bro. Watch. Okay. <clears throat> Next He question. will get an um, interception. <clears throat> yeah. No, Kirk Cousins will throw one before Hurst does. It's commercial break. Colton, sorry okay. for calling him short. I didn't mean he was short. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a question of who's going to throw a pick first, right? Will it be Cousins or will Cam Dantzler get a pick on Jalen Hurts? And then, and then um, our buddy in the top right corner is apologizing for calling the quarterback short. It's just, it's just pandemonium. Here's another favorite <laughs> clip. Look, 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 look. Where is Sidarius Smith? Yeah, where is Where's it? your number one free agent? What happened? Your prize free agent. Where's yeah. he at? Oh, you just summoned him. <laughs> <laughs> you just summoned him. No, because I bitched at his name because I thought 91 was him. Well, you got to say his name three times. You got to say his name three times. I said it's it like, five times. Like Beetle- I was like, no, well, I okay, Be- Beetlejuice is about to come out, man. <laughs> Beetlejuice. <laughs> Where's the Darius? Where's your pro- I love that. We don't have to do it. We don't have to say these things. Because when we say it, we're just biased Packer fans that, that are just blind to what everybody else can see. Here's the Eagles fan saying, hey, what happened to Zadarius? I thought he was good. And all we got to do is kick our feet up and go, hmm, interesting question. We await your answer. What happened to Zadarius? Where is Zadarius? I don't see him. Now, to be fair, he was the only guy getting pressures all night, and he got a lot of them. <laughs> he didn't get any sacks. Uh, he also didn't grade out very well as a pass rusher. He did grade out great in run, in run defense, but he actually had five pressures on the night. So he was there. He was he was there. It's still funny, though. I'm still going to laugh at it. Next highest was two, and that's DJ Wonham. You know, if, if there's concern about anybody, honestly, for the Vikings, it's not really Zadarius. It's Daniil Hunter. Daniil Hunter did not grade out well in run defense. He had a 59 pass rush grade. He had one pressure on 32 attempts. Last week, he had a 68 overall grade. He had three pressures on 33 attempts, just under... 10%. He has four on 65 right now. I'm just saying, man, different defense. I mean, he's he's a down defensive end more than he's an outside linebacker, but he's still playing outside linebacker a lot, a lot more than he ever has in the past. That's for sure. I look back at his past. He did it like once or twice, like ever. He did it 37 times in this last game, standing up and rushing the passer. I wish we had stats on how good of a job he did as an outside linebacker to see if that's bringing his stats down. But the point is, he's struggling right now. Maybe he'll pick it back up, but um, this is right now the lowest grade so far through two weeks that he's ever had in his career. Lowest overall grade, lowest run defense grade, lowest tackling grade, um, second lowest pass rush grade, and even somewhat of a low coverage grade, to be honest. That's actually pretty average, but who cares? Anyways, sorry for interjecting. Let us continue with the glory. First shotgun. Good throw by two Hurst from Devontae Smith. Good first down all the way up to the Philadelphia Eagles 34-yard line. That was a big game. Golly. What? Put one in the chat. Put one in the chat for a first down. He's throwing the ball wide open again. Midfield. Who is that? Uh, Devontae Smith. <laughs> Last week was A.J. Brown's show. Today is Devontae Smith all the way at midfield. Oof. Things are getting a little, little Oh, heated. a quick draw up the middle, too. Yes, Boston Scott. He busts up the middle all the way to the Vikings 35-yard line. Let's go. I told you. 
340 and counting. Let's go. So the guy on the bottom that does most of the talking for the Vikings, he left. He went out to go smoke. He needed a break. The guy in the top right is just sitting there in misery, just agony, just sitting there listening to updates from an Eagles fan screaming in his ear all the updates about what's happening. Line. It's 32. Hurts. Yeah, keep on. Oh, come on. That's the hold. Hurts. He's keeping it up. He's keeping it all the way to touchdown. Is it touchdown? Touchdown, Jalen Hurts. Touchdown. <laughs> yes, sir. Yo, the Vikings was, yo, he thought the, the Vikings thought that Hurts was going to run out of bounds. He stayed in bounds and bullied his way. A 26-yard touchdown. Let's go. A minute and 58 seconds left. Where's that dude at? Yeah, we need to put some points on that. (laughs) But, hey, it's not completely over, I guess. Come on, play the video, will you? (laughs) Yeah, I don't think we can come back from that. Will said, I don't think we can come back from that. I lied. No, Jalen Hurts. Can, I mean, we, nah, we can, nah, we nah. can, we can, we can, man. Kirk Cousins got to, he got to start throwing this ball, man. Start getting in the zone, bro. He's just got to get in the zone. It's, it's not. I mean, it's kind of over, but it's not completely over. You just got to get in the zone. <laughs> All right, here we go. Kirk Cousins, he's looking to throw. He's shot. He's going down, down, go Kirk. So obviously, we're back from half. We're gonna fast forward <laughs> through the halftime, and things haven't, uh, haven't changed much. Here's a good line. Shame on us for not coming up that with this stuff. Third and ten. Kirk, Kirk Cousins, he getting pressured. Oh, oh Jesus. Incomplete. Yeah, no the Vikings yeah, got a punt. Yes. Smith, go. Go. Punt. 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 Let's go. Punt. Let's go. Fourth and ten. Let's go. <laughs> oh, he's so mean to these guys. He's doing the skull chant saying punt. <laughs> Oh, hey, we got to get on our game when uh, when they come to Lambeau and start, assuming we're winning the game, skull chanting constantly right in their faces. I know it's like acid in your veins to have to skull chant, but you're going to have to do it. I'm sorry, you got to take one for the team because that's amazing. Skull chanting and saying punt, that's that's just high quality Five entertainment. Yard line. Thank God for our punter. Best player on our Hurts. team right now. <laughs> Thank God for our punter, best player on our team right now. Yard line hurts. His can throw. His he throws wide open. Got him to the all the way down to the Vikings twenty yard line. Timeout. 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 Field goal. Field goal team come out. <laughs> Field goal team come out. That was a, hey that timeout cost it Kevin O'Connell yes. three yes, freaking points on his team. Yes, like just did. added a possession, bro. Wow. Yes, it did. Field goal team. So now. Now, again, similar to the Bears, they're starting to question Kevin O'Connell. Terrible timeout, terrible decision. It's costing them three points. Again, everything is real easy to love in the offseason. Brilliant mind at head coach and all the everything's perfect. Everything's wonderful. But then eventually some bad things happen and you got to start asking serious questions. You know what I mean? Just saying. I promise you, I will be subscribing because all that heat they were talking about their Vikings. And, and we the will Lions could put up too. 35 points. If the Lions could put up 35 points on the Eagles, oh, shit, we could put up 100. And right now they got seven. I love this guy. I really do. I hate to pump up an Eagles fan, but um, this is what they do. This was a mistake to go on an Eagles uh, YouTube channel because these guys are pretty ruthless. <laughs>
But he's right, right? Again, they bought into their own hype. They bought into their own hype that their offense was the most elite offense, even though, again, they only put up 23, but somehow in their minds, they have the most dominant offense in football. They watched the Lions put up 35 points on the Eagles and said, hey, we could put up 100. If they can do that, we can do better. And right now, they have seven. Even, hey, even talking about all that garbage time points that the Lions got, how many garbage time points did the, the uh, Vikings pull off? Just out of curiosity. I think. Kirk, he's a good throw. Wide open light. Huh? Yo, we are giving the Vikings, like, first down after first down. And now they are, like, definitely in field goal range. I don't know what's going on right now. And I'm getting aggravated because this is the You're getting that, bro. Y'all are I am. Oh, yeah. Poor you. No. Thank you, JC. Poor you. <laughs> it's funny because I'm, I am that Eagles guy. I'm the guy that you'll be up by 24 points. There's half a quarter left, and you start giving up plays down the field, and I'm furious. You bunch of idiots. You play good all game, and now you're going to give them free points. I don't believe this, but obviously the opposing fans really don't want to hear that. So, Anyways, Vikings are driving. Eagles fan is panicking. It's pandemonium. He threw it, he threw it behind the line of scrimmage, though, again. He's... Accepted this big play slide to the 15 to oh, there's a flag on the play. Do not make it be on the Eagles. At least if it's on the Eagles, oh my god, it's rough in the passer. Oh my god, I think the Eagles hit Kirk Cousin in the head. What Justin, JJ was wide open on the play before that, JC. Holy offense, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> JJ was wide open on the play prior to that. But hey, listen, things aren't going well. They finally got to drive together and threw an interception. But I'll tell you what, that won't happen again. Kurt will not allow that to happen again. Yeah, he threw that interception. You will not see Kurt. Kurt will refuse to throw a second interception. He will not be able to sleep at night if he throws two interceptions. Like, yeah, it's over with. So that'll never Never happen again. I promise. A big play. Watch what, ha- why, why, watch, watch what happens here. This will be a three and out easy. I'm calling, and I'm not trying to be negative on my squad. I just know. So just for context, this is after. I don't know why I don't have a clip of it. This is so after that interception. I don't know if they got points or what, but uh, they went to either kick a field goal or an extra point or something. It got blocked. The Vikings recovered, right? And the Vikings got it in really good territory. So basically, it's like an automatic three points. But he's saying. We're going three and out. It's it's game over, right? Doesn't matter. Even if we get three points, we're we're not doing anymore. I've seen this before. Vikings suck. It's over. No, I've seen this show way too many motherfuckers. They're field goal range already. So, exactly. I mean, it's going to be three, three and out, and we might put three up on Here the board. Three and out, and we might put three up on the board. <laughs> he has seen this show before. This third and seven. Yeah, big, I, I, big, no, well, I already stop. told you. I already told you it'll be a three and out, bro. Listen, trust me. I know my team, bro. I've been a. It don't matter who the coach is. Who it don't matter who the coach Kirk, is. Three who and the out. Coach is, <laughs> three and Doug. out. It's three and out. Well, he's close. He's really close. It's not going to go well. But there's a twist to this movie no, that he's not expecting. Three, he is in his shell now. This will not. He, he will not go well the rest of this game. Trust me. It's not. It's not going to end well for him. Hey, he will do whatever he he'll do whatever he can in power to make sure he won't throw no interception. But he won't throw an interception. That's for sure. That's what we know. Here we go. Third and seven. Here we go. Big down for both teams here. Let's go. Third and seven. Dude, that was another. Check check 
down to oh, you. Intercepting! Bonnet! Interception! Interception! Yes! Bonnetix! A Bonnetix! Another interception! Get your <laughs> off my field, Kurt! Get off my field! Go Bears! Get off my field! Get your off of there! Who was he throwing it to? I don't know. <laughs> so, the... Uh... It's, it was it was hilarious hearing him call out it's going to be a check down because he won't throw an interception as the Eagles fan is screaming interception. And then here's the final clip, which I find a little bit funny. For a reason. But we, hey, it's listen, man, we got, we got, we got some fans I can guarantee you going to say, hey, man, Kurt played an awesome game. It was the play no, they not. No, they not. There's no way. It was wild. There's no way. Yo. All right. There's no Creators way. Tomorrow. <laughs> Bro, there's no way. It wasn't Kirk's fault. It's not Kirk. That's, he is not the reason he threw them interception. It was not his fault, bro. There's no way. That, that you will. Nah, there's, there's no hey, way. I mean, there's no way. That you got some nerve to try mess. to blame Kirk Cousins for this game. You crazy? So they're saying no matter what, you're going to have people saying this wasn't Kirk's fault. And the Eagles fans saying you're, there's no way that's going to happen. Here is a video I found by another really good channel, Purple FTW Podcast. You know what the title of this video is? Controversial Opinion. Kirk Cousins was not to blame for the Vikings' loss in Philly. I'll play just a little bit of this ditty. So I fully understand that after the alleged, the alleged 24-7 loss against the Eagles on Monday Night Football, uh, Vikings fans, a little bit annoyed. Yeah, the wound is still there, and you're trying to find someone to blame, and why not go to the well, the tried and true, just blame Kirk Cousins for everything? Because that's what the national uh, jabroni media does. That's what uh, the Kirk Cousins haters and the losers, that's what they do. That's what Vikings fans who always look to be negative do. Uh, it's it's tried and true. Uh, it's like it's their go-to, man. It's inertia. Uh, and they had to shut up after week one because Kirk looked pretty, pretty, pretty damn good. That's enough. You get the point. So... It is true. There is a split among Vikings fans. And here's the funny thing. I, I didn't really watch the full game. I watched maybe the second half of it. or after, after, Right after the Vikings scored a touchdown. So it might have been part of the first. I don't know. There was a lot wrong. And I saw a lot of bad things. I saw two interceptions. One of them was really bad, kind of a Hail Mary throw to, uh, you know, at the, at the very end of the game. But I also saw Vikings players drop every single one of his passes. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't care. I think Kirk is a good quarterback. I think he had a terrible day which happens to all quarterbacks. And I also know that I want Vikings fans to hate him with a passion and for everybody to run him out of town because this team will be a lot worse without him because Kirk Cousins has been consistently a top five quarterback for like the last, what, three, four years now? They're not going to get a better quarterback. It's not going to happen. They might get a guy that doesn't suck as much on Monday night, maybe has a little bit more of a clutch factor, if you will, but it's not going to matter because with Kirk Cousins, you're, you're barely getting to 500. You take Kirk Cousins out. This is, this is the 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo all over again, with the exception of the 49ers actually have a good team aside from their quarterback, and Jimmy's just kind of a, a, a very, very mediocre quarterback. This is a less talented roster with a more talented quarterback. You remove Kirk from the equation, this team is, is in a lot of trouble. You throw a rookie like we've seen recently from this crop of rookie. What, who's the last rookie to really just dominate? You put Tua on this team, oh my goodness, you guys saw. They have a much better defense maybe a better offensive line, and and yes, better weapons. Justin is marginally better than Tyreek Hill, and Jalen Waddell is heads and tails better than anybody else that they have over there. I mean, you're, you're a worse version of Miami. Take away the really good defense and one of their really good wide receivers. I mean, you're, you're in trouble, and that's assuming you get Tua in, in year three or whatever year he's in. Mac Jones, 
Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, you plug any of those guys in. This year's crop who aren't even starting? At this point, it looks like if you would have traded for um, soon-to-be Hall of Famer Russell Wilson, you would be a worse team because Russell Wilson is worse than Kirk Cousins. I mean, unless you find a way to trade for an even, you know, if you, if you can get the Chiefs to part with Pat Mahomes, I don't know that you're going to upgrade from Kirk Cousins. But anyways, why don't we take a break? I've just got a couple clips on the other end of this, not a ton, so we'll, we'll be able to get into a little bit of Packers news at the end. But uh, we'll take a break here. We'll come back and we'll look a little bit more at this Kirk Cousins thing because it's kind of funny. There is a lot of, lot of, well, anti-Kirk settlement and really not happy with the Kirk apologizing. That's going on. Is that the right word? Apologeticizing? I don't know. Excuse making. Defending. We will uh, take a break. Patreon.com if you'd like to support the podcast. Fertile Ground Ranch Discipleship Ministry is the um, charity we are supporting right now. So FertileGroundRanch.org if you'd like to learn more information. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. So we, we kind of left off with the whole Kirk Cousins thing, right? The live stream, you had the Vikings guys saying, you're going to have the Kirk Cousins defenders and the Philly guys saying, no way, nobody's going to defend this guy. And I showed you a video of a very prominent um, Vikings YouTuber saying it wasn't Kirk's fault. I'm not putting, and you know, I'm not going to pick because I don't know. I know it wasn't great, but I also know it sure, surely wasn't just his fault. But then there's this. There's, um, this is from, what the heck is this YouTube channel? So this is Score North, S-K-O-R North. Uh, we got a podcast as well as YouTube, but they were um, listening to the head coach make excuses and listening to Kirk Cousins make excuses for the interceptions, and they were not super thrilled about it. Here's what they had to say. Okay, so KOC, and then we had a we had a clip on Pur- KOC is their coach. Purple Daily of Kirk Cousins being asked about the interceptions too, and they both have said kind of the same thing, which is that all three interceptions have their own story. Yep. They all have their own their own journey. Yep. Their own yep. their own family. They, they all, all have started their own in a history. different place. They all started in a different place. They're all going to end up in a different each one of them tells a story that's very different. 
if we go to interceptionancestry.com, we can go and trace trace the roots of all the interceptions going back. Oh, if you look at this one, it actually traces back to Kirk's mindset in college, which is which is because of the coach that he had. That if you go back over here. In, oh, interception man. one was a very bad one, a very, very bad interception. The second one apple. was heartbreak, just a heartbreaking play. Mm. I love the, that. The third one was necessary recklessness because you're desperately trying to come back from down. Yes, sir. That's a great band, 17 too. points. You like that? Yeah. You like that? Necessary recklessness. So, again, as an outsider looking in, this, this just makes me smile. I'm not disagreeing with anything they're saying. It's just the fact that they're saying it that makes me happy. They don't like Kirk at all. I've told you, Vikings fans hate Kirk Cousins. And I understand it. I mean, how many times do you have to watch the guy lose in critical situations and make you look stupid before you start to get upset? I mean, as a Packer fan, we're kind of starting to get there. The problem is, it's not as bad with Rodgers. He does, he is part of the problem sometimes. But he's not like the entire problem (laughs) in these games where everybody came to play and your quarterback didn't. But, you know, you you try to get pumped up, you try to get excited, you try to, you know, tell everybody, like, this is our year and it's going to be great, and you get made to look stupid. And, um, again, I don't think it was, I know for a fact it wasn't just Kirk's fault. Some beautiful pass, the pass to Irv Smith was a walk-in touchdown he dropped. I saw Dalvin drop one that hit him in the hands. There was at least one other that I saw that is just a, what in the world are you doing? The, The pass to Thielen along the sideline was an Aaron Rodgers throw. I mean, it, 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 it looked like it went through the defender. I don't know how it got. Even Thielen, if you go back and watch it, if you know what I'm talking about, Thielen catches the pass and is looking down like, what is the ball doing in my hands right now? What the heck is this? But again, just the, the, the abject disgust and, and just being so tired of it. You can just hear how exhausted they are. They're, they're tired of the defending. They're tired of all the excuses. They're tired of all the, you know, I don't know. It, it makes me happy. One of the other things that I really, really wish that I had spent more time on, but I, I just I put so much time into getting all these clips, especially for the Bears and everything, that I kind of just gave up. But Purple Daily Podcast did a thing where they, they have a, um, I don't know what it's called. I, I called it Hate Line, but I don't think that's what they call it. Maybe it is. I don't know. But it's, it's the hotline where you call in and you just vent. And there was some really good stuff, but I only got through about three or four calls, and I was like, I got to be I got to be done here. But since we're sticking with the Kirk Cousins hate, we'll get to one of the callers, and here's the comment that they had on the situation. Well, things, crazy things happen in the second half. Keep your cool and keep going forward offensively. And it was like panic city for the Vikings once they fell behind. Bet you we win that game if Flacco's in there. (laughs) You'd have a better chance. You'd have a a shot. You know what? You'd have a shot. This This is where it's... I mean, it's just, it's, it's crazy. And again, and I know a lot of this is overreaction. It is. I mean, the, the Vikings are not that bad. Just like the Packers are not that bad week one. There was way too much hype, but they're not that bad. And there's, there's overreaction all over the place. I mean, Buffalo is not going to stay as high as they are. Um, Chicago is not going to be as bad as they were the last two weeks. I mean, they're, they're going to eventually find some level of success. And who knows, maybe Houston's going to be their get right game. I don't know. Um, the Vikings offense is clearly better than what they put on the field against the Eagles. So whatever. But the fact that it is devolved so rapidly from we are we are we're going to win the north. We are clearly the best team in the north. The national media is buying into that. At least 50% of the people there are saying, you know, it runs through the north or or you know, the the north north, the Vikings. And now we're hearing we would have won if we had Joe Flacco as our quarterback, which is not true, but again, just just the Imagine 
trying to convince yourself that you have a good football team, but also believing that your quarterback is worse than Joe Flacco. Yikes. Um, let's see. What's the next theme we're going to run with here? I, I mentioned I ended the Bears episode last time, and I left some some good clips out there because we were going so long. But I ended it on a very important thing, and that was buying into the hype. And obviously, the Bears were a little bit more reserved. I mean, they, they bought into some level of hype, but I think somewhere deep down, they knew they sucked. Vikings fans never know. They never know. They genuinely believe they're going to be dominant. And the reason they do is because they actually do have a pretty good roster. I mean, you, you got good safeties. You've got good pass rushers. You've got some good defensive tackles. You've got at least one good corner. You've got a good quarterback. You've got an improved offensive line. You've got good wide receivers. You've got a good running back. What the heck is, is there not to be excited about? And so when people tell you you're going to be good and you tell yourself you're going to be good and you get this offensive head coach that's coming from the Rams, and you, I mean, it's easy to get yourself whipped up. I can't explain why the Vikings suck every year. It's just a thing that happens. But the point is, Vikings fans bought into the hype, and now after this game are, are realizing there was too much hype. And I've got several clips on that topic. You guys have. But this was just a, a damn <laughs> whooping, right? Yeah. Like, and what, other, what other way are you going to put it? And, you know, part of it is expectations for what people came into the season thinking Green Bay was and what we saw – with Minnesota dominating them, and then the Kevin O'Connell, he's the savior for the for the franchise, and everything is so great now, so everything's going to be perfect. Uh, but, you know, you look, you look at what's been going on up there in Green Bay, you know, Watson on the, had the long over. He had the, uh, the, the big drop in that game. Obviously, uh, you know, uh, Devontae Adams not there. You know, there were a lot of pieces missing, and even Alan Lazard was hurt in that game. So you can't just take results and say, well, this team is definitely this or that, especially after week one. And I think the, the performance that we saw from Philadelphia, even against Detroit, right? Like giving up 35 to Detroit. And then in week two, you said, wait a second, Detroit's putting up a lot of points. They're, they're tied for, for the league lead in, in, in points, right? So people were looking at that game with Philadelphia in week one against them and saying, well, maybe – Philadelphia is not that good, and maybe Minnesota is that great. But, you know, it's pretty clear what we saw tonight. So, uh, again, and, and I, I, I deny some of the characterizations, but the point is we, we, the Vikings fans, came into the season thinking, which they didn't, but let's pretend, that the Packers were a powerhouse. And when the Vikings, quote-unquote, dominated them, which they did not, the narrative was we took it to them. I suppose you could talk about the defense, the defensive expectations, but again, they still didn't do that much. But the point is, the expectations for the Packers' defense was high. The Vikings seemed to do whatever they wanted against that defense. Therefore, with this new head coach and everything, everything's going to be great. And and he's saying we bought into the hype, we bought into all that, we believed it. And then you know, week two rolls around, you start to say, hey, well, you know what? Actually, the Packers struggled because they had some issues. Always struggle week one, wide receiver issues. Um, I don't know if it was a Bears guy or a Vikings guy later talking about they didn't have their tackles. So maybe that maybe it was just the Packers were bad, not the Vikings were good. And again, the expectation was maybe the Eagles are bad because they almost lost to the Lions, and now the Lions go on to win in Week 2, so maybe actually the Lions are quite good and the Eagles are even better. And so where we came into this game thinking the Vikings are, are, are at like an 8 and the, the Eagles are at like a 6, maybe the Vikings are the 6 and the Eagles are the 8, you know, or, or maybe even a little bit further apart than that. We got to reevaluate this. Is the bottom line. Here's another clip in the uh, similar vein. I, I tried to temper the whole Green Bay thing. Of course, I try to temper any optimism. That's kind of the way I work. <laughs> yeah, but, kill joy, but, oh, yeah. but, unlike me. <laughs> but 
Rodgers didn't have his tackles, right? You're, you're playing them without his tackles. So they had no running game. There it is. And you're playing him with a bunch of rookie receivers running around in circles. And he had, you know, had very little time to work with them. And I thought the whole phenomenon of, boy, we kicked the crap out of the Packers, uh, blah, blah. You know, the whole celebration of beating that team didn't take into account that you were healthy and they weren't. Again, reality check. Maybe we're not that good. Maybe we didn't beat a Goliath in the Green Bay Packers. We beat an unprepared team that doesn't exactly know what they're doing yet and had a bunch of injuries. They lost two tackles. It wasn't just Lazard that was out. Devontae's gone. MVS is gone. Lazard is gone. Those are our three wide receivers from last year. All of them, right? Randall Cobb is next man up. He was basically our fourth wide receiver who is now operating as like our third wide receiver because we elevated like rookies and a new guy. You know, and even after week two, we still don't even have it figured out. I don't know if we're going to be ready by Tampa with, with like a fully ready-to-go rhythm, at least with Watson and Dobbs, I don't think is going to be ready. Maybe Watkins is kind of on the same page. Now we kind of got that going. But uh, again... Bump. Am I a little annoyed that, uh, you know, the mission to quiet Kirk's mind with a new system and you got, you've got a new player-friendly set of coaches and Kirk's going to get to spread the ball around in a, in a Kirk-friendly system that fits his strengths and he's going to meet with his head coach for more than 45 minutes just once a week. And all of this is going to culminate. Uh, would I like to have seen it culminate in dramatic fashion last night with like a second-half comeback? Yes. So the point is, again, mocking all the hype. That's what he just did there, right? I mean, he's, he's annoyed because we heard all this stuff about all the new coach and blah, 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 and, and we didn't see any of that. And then finally, from the youngest member on the crew talking about a vibe check, not entirely sure, but I think I kind of know what that means. I don't know. But you can tell it's the, the young guy on the crew who phrases it this way. But it's the same, similar thing. But the vibes around the Vikings for the, basically the last seven months, as the kids would say, were immaculate, right? The vibes, the vibes were immaculate. Everything was positive, and we're going to change this culture and change everything, and things are going to be great. Yesterday was the first probably sour taste that Vikings fans have felt since probably, what, the end of the regular season, basically? It was basically six months of... All right, we're gonna we're excited for this new regime. You kicked the Packers' butt on Week One. All right, now it's a vibe check time. You got punched in the mouth pretty hard against Philadelphia. How do the Vikings and how does KOC and Kwesi respond? So there it is. And and again, the Vikings fans, or at least these guys here, are probably overreacting too much. But I'm fine with it because that's what we're gonna. That's what we're here for. We're here to catch all those overreactions and just put them in a basket and go have a little little Viking tier picnic. It's gonna be fun. What else? Um, well, we've kind of been picking on the, the coaching staff in particular with this whole discussion of not buying into it anymore. You know, I mean, it, we were overhyped for the staff. It's going to do everything and it's going to be great. And it hasn't been so much. A couple clips on that. I think I have a couple. The, the entire team, though, from watching that game was not prepared from the start of the game. This is on the head coach. This is on. This is not acceptable. Like, like, this is not an acceptable, yes, the 24 points, you are correct, but this is why we watch the games. And this team, when the game started, was not prepared. And that's a huge problem. Like, this is, this is a, it's one thing to lose in Philadelphia, but every facet of this team 
fell apart. So this is what this is one of the key things that I always go over with Packer fans and every other kind of fan that just thinks every time you make a change it's going to be better is not recognizing that the guy that left, although he had problems, he also had strengths. Mike Zimmer had a lot of strengths, and and I'm not saying they made the wrong decision. They made the right decision. Zimmer had to go. It was never. It just wasn't working. They were just stuck. They were stuck in neutral. It wasn't going anymore. It had run its course. I get that. But same. And Bears fans are the worst with this. But pretending that. All of our problems are wrapped up in that guy, and as soon as he leaves, everything gets better, is not true. That guy is an unbelievably experienced head coach, and and there's a lot of nuance that goes into being a head coach, and preparation is one of them. Not everything comes down to offensive scheme. Being a head coach is hard, and there's a lot more to it than than play calling and and your scheme. By the way, Zimmer was very good as a defensive coordinator, and people can say that that's not true all they want. It's, uh, It's true. He was a jerk, and he was really mean to his players, and I don't think that was a good thing. And um, yeah, all, all that stuff. But you have to recognize that the guy that was there had built some really positive things and had a lot of experience, and um, this new guy doesn't. All he has going for him is that the scheme that he uses is more prone to winning than the scheme that Zimmer liked. That doesn't even get to the point of whether or not this guy can bring that here and implement it properly. But beyond that, that's offensive coordinator duties. You're, you're, you're talking about your head coach as the offensive coordinator, not as the head coach, as the leader of the team, as the guy that sets the schedule for when you practice, how you practice, game preparation. Do you have any idea how good he is at, at game prep, at game plan? No, you don't, because he's never done this before. So you can't just pretend that you know everything's going to be great. That's silly. There's, there's a billion things that a head coach has to do, and, and including assembling a staff, staff assignments and knowing what to do, what to prepare and how to prepare for your staff and how to tell them to prepare your players, the culture, the entire culture, and what kind of a culture do you want to bring and, and how successful will you be in implementing that? How about uh, making adjustments during the season, during a game? There, there are so many things and we focus on 0.02% of it, and that is the offensive system that he came from. And that's going to change everything. That's all we need to know. He came from Sean McVay, therefore everything's great. You take Sean McVay, you plug him into, into basically what they're saying is if, if you took Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins and Dalvin Cook and you just gave them to the Rams, how would that look? Boom, there you go. That's the team you're looking at. That's not how this works. And pretending it is is silly. Anyways, here's the uh, here's one of the fans that called in on the hate line. Man, this is, this whole game was coaching. Coaching. Like how obvious, how obvious were we just lobbing the football, throwing the football to Justin Jefferson? I get it. Feed your best player. But, bro, really? Hicks with the pick? We got him on the, what, 15-yard line? Is lob to Jefferson, lob to Jefferson. Lob. Dude, I was dying. I couldn't handle it. It was horrible play calling. Front and back. We got horrible defense. Our defense, bro, seriously? <laughs> Come on. And it's got to be on Monday night. You know how embarrassed I feel, boys? I got to go to work. I got my neighbor right now. We got a Packer fan across the street. Every time it's a night game, they, he's going to fix his lights on and off because he knows that I'm watching. I'm going to go throw something through his front window. I'm irritated. <laughs> I'm irritated. Oh, maybe he you should have Kirk too. Cousins. I'm going to put her down, and I'm going over. I'm going to knock right on his window. Go ahead. Maybe you can have Kirk Cousins throw uh, something at his window so that it doesn't oh, make it, it doesn't he, yo, make it Kirk, there. Yeah. Kirk Cousins, yeah, exactly. He'd miss. He'd hit the garage door. But, yo, in all seriousness, guys, you know, 
everybody was so pumped up after after week one. I get it. The Packers, la, 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 la. But I saw this coming, dude. It's a, it's how many teams have been successful with a first head coach and a whole coaching staff? Did you see Donatel's play calling? Yeah. Can you can can we can, do you know what press coverage is, boys? Like it was sick. It was sick. I can't handle it. I can't. I just can't do it. She's Stiff. crying. The dog shit on the hall in the floor over there. Everything. We had a rough night over here. I took PTO off work. Look what we're doing. I think we I'm need to get have, stiff Richards a, a stiff surly. cocktail. A stiff cocktail yeah. or a, or a stiff four of surly. All right. And, all right, I'll let you guys go, but last thing, last thing. Uh, Declan, I called you a pipsqueak like two months ago, and you read the comment online, and I felt so bad because you're you're my favorite guy on the old vent line, so well, hey, I just wanted I to apologize. I appreciate that. And my you wife, your own pipsqueak there. It's yeah, all good. And my, I, wife, I, my wife thinks you have beautiful eyes, too. Well, thank you. Thank you very right. much. I appreciate just, that. Man. Just so just so you know. And uh, thank you. I appreciate what you guys do. And uh, yeah, keep keep on keeping on, fellas. We'll we'll do this. We'll get through this together. <laughs> All right, Stiff Richards. We got, we got your back, man. We got your back. Incredible. Appreciate Incredible. that. I feel like the more frustrated he got, the harder he was patting his child yeah. on the I back. Don't want to be, I don't to want to be part of that. <laughs> That was my favorite, man. That was that was a fan. Somebody needs to get that guy his own YouTube channel. That was that was glorious. But again, that's that's the frustration. All this talk about the coaches. Oh yeah, that's gonna fix everything. Play calling was garbage. Preparation was garbage. On top of that, it kind of seems like you know we we've talked about potentially things getting a little bit better with Devontae leaving. Now there's a lot of things that are gonna get worse. It, it's the same. It's the same discussion. Nothing is a hundred percent. You don't get a hundred things don't get a hundred percent worse when when Devontae leaves, and they certainly don't get a hundred percent better. But not everything is bad. One of the benefits is is he lost his safety valve and he's gonna have to distribute the ball. And we're already seeing some of the fruits of that. It's a little more scary because it's like, I don't know if I can trust these guys, and he's a little bit more hesitant to throw and everything, but the distribution is making the offense look much more I mean, just the different kinds of plays and the and the different motion. I mean, we're such a a, a more creative offense than we've ever been. Now, for the Vikings, they're going in the opposite direction because Justin Jefferson is what Devontae Adams was and and kind of still is. Probably why the Raiders suck right now because all Carr wants to do is lob it to Devontae Adams, and it's not working. What did he have, 14 targets and two receptions? Something absurd that I've... I I don't know if I've ever seen a stat line like that. Let me see if I can find it. I guess it wasn't that bad, but it (laughs) it was six targets, two receptions, 12 yards, and a touchdown. First of all, he was the fourth most targeted on the team, which is shocking in and of itself. But... The discrepancy between the targets and the receptions. Why? Because you're trying to force throws that you shouldn't be making to him. You know how many drops Devontae had of the four that didn't get to him? Zero. So what the heck is going on? Nobody else was that bad. Seven of nine for Hunter Renfro. Six of eight for Darren Waller. Five of seven for Mac Hollins. Three for three for Foster Moreau. One for one for Josh Jacobs. One for one for Amir Abdullah. I can't believe he's still in the NFL. That's hilarious. I really like that guy. Never materialized, but I always liked him. Why is there such a discrepancy? in the targets and receptions for only Devontae, because he's trying to force it. What's happening in Minnesota? Jalen Rager, one of two. K.J. Osborne, two of three. Uh, Johnny Munt, two of three. Alexander Madison, three of five. Dalvin Cook, four of six. Thielen, four of seven. Irv Smith, five of eight. Justin Jefferson, six of 12. Now, technically, that's the same as Jalen Rager's one for two. And by the way, there's a bunch of drops. Alexander Madison, Irv Smith, Dalvin Cook, and Johnny Munt all had drops. So you can add those back in. Justin Jefferson, zero drops. 
why is, is, is only six of 12 getting there? Because he's force feeding him. It's a problem. He shouldn't be throwing that much to him, but he wants to because he's the best receiver in the NFL. Or he, you know, we don't have to keep using that. He's, he's in that elite category. Devontae is in that elite category. It's a problem that comes along with elite wide receivers. They, they are a blessing and a curse, probably a lot more blessing than curse, granted. But you're seeing in Minnesota the same thing that Aaron Rodgers always did with Devontae. Things are going south, and he panics. There's a lot of pressure. I mean, this, this was like watching a Packer game, and the fact that they run the same system is kind of hilarious to me. I, I saw a play where they're, they're running a play that we run constantly, which is um, the running back comes out of the... Or no, yeah, it's, it's a running back. It was Jalen Rager in the backfield, but it's, we'll call him the running back. Motions out of the backfield and runs to his right. Rodgers, or in this case Cousins, looks to his right, pump fake, turns the other way to throw the screen. Well, they ran that. The problem is uh, Justin Jefferson was running wide open down the sideline and the screen was completely blown up. But that's the play design. You pretend to throw over here and then you turn around and throw to what's supposed to be a completely wide open situation, but you don't know because you're coming in blind. Yes, he should have just thrown it because, hey, the guy's there, but I don't even know if he's going to turn around because it wasn't ever intended to go to him. But just seeing it and watching what looked like a Packers, looked like Packers Vikings. Things are falling apart, pressure's in his face constantly, and he didn't know what to do, so he panicked and threw to Justin Jefferson over and over and over and over. And it didn't work. Of 12 targets, he only caught six, six for 48 yards and no touchdowns. Justin Jefferson is a blessing. He's going to be a curse. So I think the rest of the clips are only two basic categories. One is the defense, which I'm going to do first, and the rest is just everything else just kind of falling apart. There, there is one that's kind of specific to Ed Ingram that I think is hilarious and I can't wait to play, but let's start with some of the defensive commentary. Well, these guys have got to be sitting back and in Philadelphia saying, if they're going to play this soft defense, we'll just kick their ass in the middle and we'll let Hurt, <laughs> we'll let hurt break out of the pocket and do whatever he wants to do. And, uh, I mean, that defense isn't going to work. That You know, letting everybody, you know, play in the middle there and then so you get the idea no faith in the defense we already heard somebody talk about donatel i think it was the last caller talking about how terrible of a job he did calling a defense and and what well the the point of what he's saying is this this is the style of defense that they're trying to run under donatel we don't have the right pieces we don't have guys that can do this here's another comment on that particular thing I think that defense, Roycey, I think it works with the right people, and that's the problem. Um, the Vikings looked pretty damn slow, and, and you can't, like the linebackers, Hicks looks pretty slow. Uh, Peterson looks slow. Bynum got absolutely done on that one deep one, that deep shot. Harrison Smith didn't look great. I think the thing is you need to have the speed to keep up with with that strategy offensively if you're going to even attempt that defense and the Vikings couldn't do it. Did I see Hunter trying to chase a guy down the field uh, playing defense last night about 12 yards down? That was field. DJ Wanham. That was DJ Wanham. DJ Wanham trying to run with uh, this. Uh, this yep. so this offense is going to have uh, have uh, pass rushing defensive ends chase guys into the middle. Uh. By the way, this is again. This is what the Packers run on defense. Uh, the Bears had this happen. I showed you Daniil Hunter on a wide receiver. Bears fans, of course, defended it like it's oh, it's not a big deal because they're absolute morons. But now you got Vikings fans who are now seeing this. You got defensive tackles chasing guys down the field in coverage, and they're at least intelligent enough to say, "What the heck are you doing?" <laughs> I like that. Uh, and the I thing is, he lined up. That was that was Smith. He lined up. It wasn't like, "Oh my God, 
Yeah. It's like at the line of scrimmage, DJ Wanham was on Smith in the slot. Why? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no Call well, time. How about me? How about me? Let me try to cover. <laughs> Again. This is what we go through when Preston lines up on, on a guy and it's like, oh, dude, call timeout. This is a disaster. But this is what you're going to have to get used to. It's not going to be the last time. That's going to happen and kind of a lot. You're going to see Zadarius get pulled out that way. It's just the way the defense operates. You know, I mean, you call a defensive play and that defensive play changes depending on what the offense does. And if, if they catch you at the right time with this particular play and they motion that guy out, guess what? You're up, man. You're, you're the guy. There is no other thing. It's either that or timeout. And if you're going to burn timeouts every time that that happens, they're just going to they're just going to keep running that until you burn all three of your timeouts. And then what are you going to do? So get used to it, boys. That's how this defense works. I know you never saw that before under Zimmer because you had your defensive ends that did nothing but be defensive ends. That's it. You you put your hand in the dirt on the end and you rush. And if it's a run play, you hold the edge. It's very straightforward. Outside linebackers, that's not how it works. These guys are a lot more being put on their plate. You have to stand up and rush. You have to stand up and hold the end. You got to put your hand in the dirt and rush. You got to put your hand in the dirt and, and hold the edge. You're probably going to have to kick inside once in a while. You're going to be playing defensive tackle. You're going to be playing a little bit of inside linebacker. You're going to be playing in the slot. You're going to be dropping in coverage a lot more from, from the outside linebacker position. That's how it goes. And that's, that's, that's what Daniil Hunter is going to have to learn to acclimate to, which is exactly what I've been saying this whole time. Some of it is very similar, and he's very good at what he does, but what he does is going to change. And they are not going to be happy that one time they see Daniil Hunter lined up in the slot, and that's going to happen, if it hasn't already. It has. It has. He lined up in the slot already once. It was uh, week one. So, um, oh, I, I just freaking told you that. I just told you that. <laughs> I told you I saw that play. But, but again, they, they apparently didn't see it. But yeah, that's, that's what your guys are going to have to do. Anyways, let's, let's get on with some of the just overall discouragement here. The postseason. Well, the late game on Monday night had Minnesota traveling to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles. And unfortunately, it, uh, it lived up to the same billing as the first game. It was a blowout as Minnesota was never really in this game. It was the Jalen Hurts show. So that was just how they started up that show, basically saying they never had a chance. And so it gets kind of followed up with one of the, I think it's one of the co-hosts basically saying they, they, the Packers at least had an excuse. The Vikings do not. You're, you're right. Outside of Randall Cobb in week one, Aaron Rodgers never played an NFL game with any of those wide receivers. Like it's going to take some time. Kirk Cousins and the Vikings didn't have that excuse tonight. Okay. Justin Jefferson had 184 yards in that first game. Uh, you know, Adam Thielen has done Adam Thielen things his entire career. They got nothing going tonight. Yeah, and I was surprised because I thought there's a chance that, that Minnesota would come out with that game. And, you know, this is Golden Tate. They, they always say you should make the biggest jumps from week one to two or biggest improvements from week one to two. And I didn't see that from Minnesota at all. At, at all. I mean, Jalen just made it look like he was doing a bunch of routes on the air. And then we felt like it. He was running like a running back as well. Extra yardage. He had two uh, rushing touchdowns. I mean, it's almost like they could do no wrong. Every guy was was catching the ball. I mean, AJ uh, Smith. I mean, it just looked way too easy for for me. It didn't look like an NFL game. It looked like some college as 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 big as those zones were. Yikes! I will say that's. 
well, I guess we don't need to go there yet, but I, I, I had mentioned that the Eagles offensive line was maybe the best in football. And, and even when I, when I quote unquote broke the game down, which wasn't too much insight, but the whole reason I picked the Eagles to win the game, even though I came into it saying the Vikings were going to win, when I looked at it a little bit deeper, it was very straightforward. This defensive line is not good enough to deal with the Eagles offensive line, especially with running the ball. And I, yeah, I, the last time I saw a defensive line get whooped that bad, where there was just that much space and that much time was when the Packers played the 49ers in the playoffs. And it's just, there's, it looked like we had four guys on the field. And that's how it looked in this game. Jalen Hurts, there's a lot of hype on Jalen Hurts. And I, you know, again, I didn't see the whole game. And I don't want to take anything away from what he did. But I've, I've very rarely seen a quarterback have that much time and that much space. He could sit in the pocket for 15 seconds if he wanted to, or he could run for 15 yards. That was his option on every single play. He had no pressure. There was nothing there. He has an elite offensive line, along with three pretty dominant wide receiver weapons on that team. I'm I'm willing to bet you put, I mean, I'm not a fan of Justin Fields. I think you put Justin Fields on that team, and he probably looks like a star. I don't know. I, I'd have to look a little closer, but I, I just, he's, he's in a fantastic situation. He really is. And they did. Uh, I am incredibly disappointed from Kevin O'Connell on down to what we were forced to watch tonight because it did not strike me as a very professional approach to football. Burn. When the Eagles can surround a $600,000 quarterback with an absolute bus of players like they have, right. it really shows the Vikings how far they are from really contending. In the I love that line. Um, that's eager. I think he's a PFF guy or was a PF guy, FF guy. But again, this is the takeaway. You know, you, you, you believe that this is not going to be another 500 year. I know you can't actually get to 500. You get the point though. It's not going to be another eight, nine win year. It's going to be better than that. We're going to be really good. We are a dominant football team. And, and, and again, the national media is to blame mostly for the Vikings. And that's, that's the case every year. The Bears fans, they, they generate their own hype. Lions fans are getting propped up by the media and especially now they are because of hard knocks. They never were in the past, but hard knocks really got them a lot of a lot of love. And now that they're putting up so many offensive points, it's it's adding to that fire. But Vikings fans are are victims of the national media. They really are. Because every year, not only do Vikings fans feel like they've got something special, but they get told. Again, you got people screaming that the Vikings are going to win the North and the Packers are taking a step back and I mean, yeah, there's there's some validity to some of the the questions and comments, but there's validity every year. When are you going to learn? But, you know, again, Eric Eager coming in and saying, you know, we went up against a team like the Eagles, and, you, and you, you really realize how far away we are from being that team. We're not that team. We're not the team we thought we were. We thought we were a Super Bowl contender. You go up against a team that probably actually is, like the Eagles, legitimately Super Bowl contenders, or at least, at least going to be waltzing in uh, uncontested into the, into the playoffs. Nobody else in that division is going to do jack squat. Um, unless Cooper Rush can, can continue his run of madness. But the point is, you went toe-to-toe with a playoff team, and you got to see what the reality is. You thought you saw a lot. Same with the Bears. Exact same thing. We, you thought you saw the reality week one. And for the Bears and the Vikings, what you actually saw was a team falling on its face. Packers, 49ers, they're playoff teams. They didn't play like playoff teams in week one. And you guys read way too much into that. And now you go up against a playoff team that's ready to play, and you recognize this is not what I thought. Again, they're not that bad. They're going to bounce back. They're going to win some games. But this is a reality check. And, and it's a good thing for us, for both teams, for the Bears and the Vikings, because just like the Lions are riding a high, 
eventually that that wears off. They were able to carry that into week two. The Lions, I mean, now they won. So that's going to continue. And, and especially with that coach, he, he applies a lot of, he infuses a lot of energy into that locker room. They're going to keep believing for a long time. They kept believe, They won three games last year, and they believed all the way through the season. So I don't know what it's going to take to discourage them. But for an average NFL team, especially a team like the Bears that, like I, I mentioned, thin veneer, their confidence just got shot to zero. They came into that Packer game ready to fight. And I, that's exactly what I said was going to happen. They're going to come in with all this energy because they genuinely believe they can do it. But once reality hits you in the mouth, it changes. Now they know it's fake. All this stuff about, you know, Luke Getze and Eberflus and Poles and all the love and all the hype and man, things are going to change and Fields is going to take a step and Cole Komet's going to show everybody and Darnell Mooney's going to be a top 10 receiver and this defense is going to prove everybody wrong and the offensive line is going to prove everybody wrong and all this stuff. It's all gone. The Vikings, the offensive coach, this is a brilliant offensive coach and Donatel is going to do this and that, 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 best offense in football. They've scored less points than, than the majority of the NFL. 30 points in two games? This is a powerhouse offense? The Vikings have had probably 15 different better offenses than this with the amount of talent that they've had over the years. They know what good offense looks like. The Bears don't, but the, the, the Vikings sure as heck do. Randy Moss, Adrian Peterson, they know better. You guys know better. You know what a good offense looks like, and you sure as heck know this is not it. So uh, it was awful. And uh, in all areas, in all areas, uh, the the Ed Grim, you know, Ed Ingram uh, was a little confused there on some of those blitzes. They didn't touch anybody on the. I know Cousins was terrible, and he missed that pass to Jefferson, or that not throwing to him. But, but the blitz was a jailbreak every time. They didn't lay a hand on anybody. They didn't know who the hell they were supposed to block. It was pathetic. Am I wrong? They didn't block anybody. It was just it was just a sprint. To the there court. was a guy in Kentucky who had a great time. I don't know what. I don't understand that joke. But anyways, and and that's the other thing. I saw somebody on Twitter blaming Kirk Cousins for that last interception and um, saying Justin Jefferson was wide open and, and Cousins failed again. And you can see, you just pause it when the ball is thrown. You know what you see when the ball is thrown? Justin Jefferson isn't out of his break yet. He's not even in the end zone yet. He's going toe-to-toe with the defender, trying to, like, shake him off. Cousins is falling backwards, throwing the ball away as three defenders are in his face. And yeah, there were 15 total pressures in this game. It was a disaster. Ezra Cleveland gave up six pressures, one sack, two hurries, or excuse me, one sack, two hits, three hurries. Dalvin Cook had a zero pass blocking game. He had two pass blocking assignments. He gave up two hurries. Garbage. Garrett Bradbury actually was one of the highest graded pass blockers, which is the first time that's ever probably happened in Vikings history. He gave up a hit in a hurry. Ed Ingram gave up two hurries. Christian Derisaw gave up two hurries. Brian O'Neill gave up a sack. 15 pressures, two sacks, three hits, 10 hurries in this game. Now, granted, he threw the ball 46 times, but he was pressured 32% of his dropbacks. So yeah, Ed Ingram, this rookie elite player or whatever, he wasn't great, but neither was anybody else. You guys got just flattened. What would you say was the most discouraging? The um, first half defense, I thought. Yeah. You, came, you came out there and absolutely looked unprepared, and you didn't do a damn thing about it till too late. Well, yeah. the defense the, the the defense was bad in the first half. They did shut the Eagles out in the second half, which was somewhat encouraging. So I agree, the defense in the first half was a train wreck. 
I would say the fact that we keep running into the same checkmate place with Cousins, that, mm-hmm. that you, he gets in these games, gets punched in the mouth, and you can win you can win nine, ten games by just, you know, kind of working your way around games like this, but how are you going to go through two or three rounds of playoffs, road games? You're going to, these are the games you're playing. Mm-hmm. And he looks like this almost all the time in games like that. The 49ers playoff game on the road. It's, uh, it's clockwork with him, man. But, Playing with a quiet mind, as Kevin O'Connell put it back in January, is not what we saw last night. Anyways, I saved the final two here. And it kind of just goes to what is that, you know, we talked about the, the, the quote unquote vibe check. What is the new vibe? What, what, what is the expectation for Vikings fans? Because again, my thought is as a Vikings fan, if I were a Vikings fan, it would be very simply, this was a blip. We got some stuff to figure out. I still think we're the best in the North. I still think we're going to win the playoffs. Here is what I found the, as far as two answers to that question. All right. And I'm going to tell you, it's my first statement. The Vikings will still finish above 500. What? (laughs) What? This loss, while ugly, was expected. In fact, they've probably played, they've, they've either played the schedule exactly how it should play out, or even a game better than it should play out, depending on... This is him being optimistic. This is him saying we we have exceeded expectations. We should have, according to the the bets makers or whatever, we should be zero and two. We're one and one. We're we're ahead of schedule, and therefore I believe we're still going to finish above five hundred. What? That's the expectation we're at. That's a little scary, don't you yeah. think? I I I don't want to say that I'm you know that that they're. In- Desperate trouble, but I was pretty amazed at how lousy the performance was in all phases, as we like to say. And then, guess what Kevin O'Connell said after the game? This is all on me. I love it. so sick of listening to that cliched horse crap (laughs) from these coaches. I could die. Okay, you just said that. Give me the six places where you cost us the game. Don't just uh, give me the big old big picture. Where did you screw up? Tell me what your screw-ups were. Well, if you do it the other way, like Mike Zimmer, and you actually do name the six things that went wrong, (laughs) then that's how you alienate your coworkers. (laughs) That's right. That's true. So that was the last one. And and again, he started off by saying, I don't want to say they're in trouble, but. Right? So there's genuine concern here about maybe we're not what we thought. And and listen, it's, it's... as much as there is that quote-unquote thin veneer with the Chicago Bears, it's the same with the Vikings. They know what they did last year. They know what a bad Vikings team looked like. They know what they were able to do last year. They expected something different, and they're watching the same movie all over again. It's the exact same thing with the Bears. They said that Justin Fields would thrive because this scheme would be more quarterback-friendly. They would get him out of the pocket more. They'd be doing all these different things to help him. And after two weeks... They're saying, why are you doing this to Justin Fields? Why are you making things so hard for him? Why are you putting him in third and seven opportunities when you should be, you know, drawing up things to make things easier for him? It's the exact same narrative as before. They expected things to get better. They wanted all the bad things to go away and new good things to come in. And they're watching the same movie all over again. At least with Vikings fans, you can look at it and say they don't turn over quite as much. They've had the same quarterback, same defense, same offense, same players. They hang on to everybody. They're like the Packers. They never let anybody go. 
they hang on even more. I mean, they they hang on too long. At least the Packers, when once you hit 30, they're like, I don't care if you're still good. Get out of here. You're about to fall off any second now. I ain't paying you to stay around to find out when that's about to happen. Go be successful for one or two more years somewhere else. The Vikings wait until three, four years after they fall off before they'll let go. They'll, they'll give guys contracts halfway through their, their, their decline at age 32. Right, they've already started to 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 fall apart. They're no, I I can't. This is my guy. I run my defense through him. Zimmer would say, and and this is how it works. And I'm not letting him go. So at least from their standpoint, they don't know. They they, they got to change. They get excited about it. Bears fans for good. You guys have a new quarterback and a new head coach every three years. Don't you realize by now that this is how it goes? Don't you know by now? After 30 years of new coaches, you you've had probably what. How many coaches have you had? 10 to 10 coaches in my lifetime and, and 15 quarterbacks? Come on, guys. You know how this goes. At the very least, wait and see. And that goes for both teams. Wait and see how it goes first before you declare a victory. The North runs through Minnesota. Why? Because we're better. How do you know? You haven't seen them play a single snap. Maybe they're worse. Well, and one bad game, and they're already talking, well, I think we can get to 500. I don't know. We might be in trouble here, boys. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. Anyways, that's it, ladies and gentlemen. That is laughing at the Vikings. Hope you enjoyed it. We got to uh, tomorrow get to work pretty quick. I didn't expect it to kind of take this long. It was going to be a laughing at the Bears. That was going to be like a half an episode. Then the Vikings imploded, and I had to do that. Too many clips to do them both on the same day, so here we are. But we're going to go rapid fire looking real heavy at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I may have a guest on um, pretty soon here from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, maybe as early as Friday, um, but it's going uh, to be a good one. You guys have a good day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye.